We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Diggs. Touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Brought to you by Blue Wire. This is a bonus edition of Rotoviz Overtime as we are drafting against the Rotoviz Overtime listeners. Us versus 11 other. And Sean, we are co-managing this team. I had a few people reach out who are actually co-managing together. Father and son team, one of the teams. We have people drafting from all over the world. I think there's a guy from Australia who messaged me that he was he, he was in for this league, even though it's 3 a.m. his time. So I talked about the draft that myself, you, and Zachary Kruger did over at the FFPC back before the NFL draft. That was 2 a.m. my time. I think I have been bested by one of our listeners here in this one. So who knows maybe that gives us a gives us an edge here we'll, we'll see but maybe it gives him an edge maybe he went to, to bed early and is alert ready to go so going to be a fun draft here but to play things back who we have so far is jalen hurts justin jefferson Derek henry i think which shocked the uh shocked the chat box and they seen us taking that pick then we have t higgins Brees hall tj hawkinson Devonte smith and drake london as things now wrap back around into the ninth round, the late eighth round, we've seen Antonio Gibson go off the board. We've seen David Montgomery. We've seen AJ Dillon. And then we've seen Elijah Mitchell with DeAndre Hopkins. So an interesting little bit of a, a run there. Um, but again, it's always nice, Sean, when some of the players that maybe we're not targeting are the players going off the board, which should be beneficial for us. But as we look through those eight rounds, and we have a 20-round draft here where we need to fill this roster up and, and get the ideal construction as things continue to play out here how are you feeling so far and what are some of the the true elements you think are going to make or break this roster in the next 11 rounds i just love this team to be able to get those two star running backs for so the star running back in derrick henry and then the upside play with Brees hall the top running back in this draft class and probably an undervalued running back overall And to still be able to get Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, and then the youth, the second-year breakout potential for Devontae Smith. I think the gap between him and A.J. Brown is massively inflated, even though we're big A.J. Brown fans. Then to add Drake London there, again, the best wide receiver in this year's draft. 2022 rookies continue to be very inexpensive in drafts. I think you have to hammer them 
we get our guy tj hawkinson it was really the only pick that made sense in this particular league even though we have a lot of him we have that foundation qb we weren't the first team to get to four wide receivers but we were one of the early teams to do it so we're going to have that wide receiver edge obviously a lot of it is going to come down to what we do at quarterback we're the only team to only have one all of their teams obviously have two and a lot of teams have three the teams with three will probably not select more although that is an option if you want to go that route we just selected one early and then have waited and again if you don't get the second qb sort of within that qb window it is important to wait we've executed that you can see that in the roster construction explorers now column it's going to be a matter again of uh, trying to hit on some of these potential upside guys and we're giving ourselves a chance with scenarios to win the overall tournament it obviously puts you a little bit on the back foot in terms of winning your individual league if those scenarios don't play out yeah if they don't play out we could be in a, a spot of bother here but um as round nine does come off we have trail on burks a branton Ayer, devin singletary is one of the my highest drafted guys this year and then we have kenneth walker or ken walker going off the board some interesting bills starting to take shape as well sean it's gonna be fun to break these down after the draft is all said and done we are a couple of picks out from our selection five picks away at the moment we have a lot of options in the the queue sean but maybe they get not really the guys that are really the targets at this point we have the two running backs this is the the zero rb area of running back drafting that we are trying to target when we have less running backs are we still dipping in here with derrick henry and Brees hall or are we are we looking into some of the wide receiver options there's some very very interesting young wide receiver options that are going in this range as well and then you know we, we did get a great price on him obviously because he hadn't been you know traded at that point but baker mayfield kind of is going in this range by updated adp any interest in, in him uh, or how, how are you looking to play it out here? I think that you have to consider Mayfield at this juncture. You had mentioned that the running backs, Josh Jacobs and Clyde Edwards, Alaire come off the board. Those are still pure dead zone guys for me. Miles Sanders, Tony Pollard, pure dead zone guys. Kareem Hunt, maybe a little more interesting. Damian Harris, a pure dead zone guy. Cordero Patterson, maybe a little bit more interesting. So I think that we're not quite to the zero rb options yet at that position we have young wide receivers in sky Moore, Kadarius, tony chris olave claypool garrett wilson and then some of our favorites like tyler boyd rondell moore jarvis landry plenty of depth at wide receiver a lot of those guys we would expect to still go quite a bit later we're not to their adps yet so much flexibility here, Colin, and because we have the two running backs, because we have TJ Hawkinson, we really can go almost any route, and that potentially makes Mayfield a little bit more interesting. I don't know that we're in the position for a second tight end yet. What would you like to do here? Yeah, I, I'm interested in Mayfield based on the, the build that we do have. I think that we could fit him in, and it gives us hopefully a starting quarterback although you know I, I don't think you can let previous discounts stop you from drafting a player who still would fit into the build so I, I think he's the way to go unless we we could potentially let him run around the other one you mentioned is Olave I, I do think that we could pair Olave uh, the Saints are playing the Eagles in in week 17 so that's another play if you don't think that he's going to get back and we can risk it on the quarterback so we take Mayfield there Sean 
I did mention Olave. We talked about some. I'm hoping he doesn't go off the board here. My play was to get Mayfield and then Olave as we wrap around. I was kind of making the pitch if you felt strongly about taking Olave there, but how are you feeling? How confident are you out of 10 that Olave gets back to us? Well, he has a, an ADP of 11-12, and there are some players in between who I think might be more dynamic might be more fun Kadarius tony sky Moore. now there are other ways to play both of those offenses there's another play to play the saints too jarvis landry has generated a lot of enthusiasm in the early going after making the move to new orleans ben likes to point out that his targets per route run were very strong again last season now he didn't play all of the routes that was one of the things that really i mean there were so many infuriating things about week 17 last season baker mayfield throwing all those passes into the offensive line the defensive line and then not being able to hook up at the end was heartbreaking. But in between there, there was a section where Jarvis Landry sat out. We don't know that his route percentage is necessarily going to jump in New Orleans. If Michael Thomas is available to play, you could see have you could see formations in which it's Michael Thomas and Chris Olave. Olave obviously drafted as a NFL ready rookie wide receiver. And with where they drafted him, I mean, he's going to be a focal point of the offense. One of the other interesting things, and there's potentially a big difference in quarterback play, but Jameis Winston is just in such a weird environment now to where you know he throws the 30 interceptions and he's this amazing quarterback for fantasy. He goes to the Saints and essentially looks like Jacoby Brissett. If that offense runs the same way that the Cleveland Browns offense is going to run, for example, then, I mean, there's not a lot of reason to take olave over someone like a Jahan dotson who has just been generating absolute raves there in washington it's one of the reasons why i think terry mclaurin is again more or less undraftable i mean he's been undraftable all the way with carson wentz but if you have carson wentz's caliber of play and then bring in someone like dotson who actually plays extremely well maybe is even better then you know again that's going to knock down your target share within the context of an offense that you probably wouldn't expect to be very efficient but so uh, my thought here would be is that even though Olave is a nice fit with players that we already have, there might be, you know, more or less these pseudo arbitrage opportunities later on in the draft if we felt like there was a different play that we needed to make here. So are there other guys that you're looking at? Do you like Sky more in this spot to get a little bit of exposure to the Kansas City Chiefs? Obviously, Marquez Valdez-Scantling has been the player generating the headlines there, in part because Moore had a hamstring injury during offseason activities. If not for that hamstring injury, I mean, Sky Moore probably would be uh, just really flying with his ADP. Now, I mean, there are reasons to be concerned. It is a target situation that could be very split, and, and he might not be the guy the Chiefs are are hoping that he is. But So there are, there are some different elements going there. I, you know, you mentioned Elijah Moore. You mentioned having a lot of Garrett Wilson. I have a hard time passing up on Garrett Wilson at this juncture of the draft. Also have a little bit of a hard time passing up on Rondell Moore, even though, again, his ADP is far beyond the spot. Yeah, the other players that I would put a pitch on, and, and we are back on the clock, Mike Gusecki goes in this range if we're looking to get that second tight end, I think we could go. But I know we do have some targets that we, we really do like as we move forward. So I'll put a pitch in for him as the tight end. Happy to go with uh sky Moore, who i haven't drafted a lot of based on how much his adp has risen um but it's kind of stayed steady now with the, the injury obviously so i'm i'm really here sean between 
Garrett Wilson or Mike Gusecki at this point. So you prefer you prefer Garrett Wilson over Sky Moore? No, let's go Sky Moore then. I haven't drafted Sky Moore very often. So we do draft Sky Moore, Sean. I'm going to ask you a question in a second. You asked me the question, did I like Wilson over Sky Moore? It felt like you might have wanted to go Wilson with that pick, uh, differentiating it up. We go and we get Sky Moore. Also passed up on Gasecki. Interested to know if that's that you're not interested in drafting him, or just that you wanted to get one of the young wide receivers at that point. I was going to make a call after our last pick that Team Twelve would draft Russell Gage because they are accumulating some uh, Buccaneers, you know, players with Tom Brady in those early rounds, but. I didn't call it, Sean, and, and now it's too late to call it, so uh, we can ignore that. But overall, we get Sky Moore. What's, what's your thoughts there versus the players that we were potentially discussing? And the last thing I want to say before I get that answer, we did have a message in the chat that does say the OT guys are currently discussing Mariota with no read plans of drafting him. So they, they really know <laughs> what, what's happening here. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's exactly right. Well... I thought that there was this very outside shot that Garrett Wilson might come back around. Obviously, he didn't. He was drafted several picks later. He has an ADP that comes after Sky Moore, so I thought it made sense to get Sky at this juncture. We've discussed you know, some of the limitations that Garrett Wilson could potentially have there with Zach Wilson. I do like what we did in our last draft where we had Zach Wilson really fall to us and at that point we had to take him it, it, it was an absolute no-brainer and then we did set it up to get garrett wilson coming back around so we diversify a little bit in terms of ot listener league teams i sort of like that element i do think there is a dynamic where sky Moore could absolutely explode in late august early september i haven't been drafting him a lot because i think that unlike some of the other rookies we do have a few questions about where he was drafted the fact that the chiefs were willing to move down and risk losing him they didn't exactly make a statement about wanting him in the same way that the patriots for example made a statement about wanting tyquan thornton so uh, some of that is just good tactics right you're thinking well if we don't get sky more then we probably get george pickens we would have loved to have pickens in kansas city if pickens had been drafted into kansas city i think that he would be going you know in the maybe even in the seventh round of super flex drafts the enthusiasm for him would have been absolutely off the charts it's a little bit harder to see there in a situation where he's covered up by deontay johnson and claypool where the quarterback situation could switch mid-season that's not exactly what you're looking for in terms of having a rookie wide receiver breakout you'd like to have a little bit of that continuity you'd like to have actually a star qb elevating the rookie wide receiver that's kind of covering him keeping his adp in check we talk about some of the reasons that Jahan dotson's adp is being kept in check looking forward a little bit you mentioned the joking about marcus mariota and whether or not we would take him he's got around eight adp obviously falling below that some of the other players then who come up here would be a Deshaun Watson. There are still drafters taking that shot on him, despite the fact that at least the, the breadcrumbs would suggest that he's looking at maybe even more than a season suspension, but at the very least probably won't be able to play until the very final weeks of 2022. Mitch Trubisky in 11. That's sort of interesting since I, I still think that he's going to be a first month kind of quarterback, even though Pickett, is supposedly not challenging him at all for the starting position to start the season 
they do still seem to like Pickett. You listen to some of the things their wide receivers are saying. They like what he brings to the table. I think that Pickett is an interesting pick. You mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. If we don't get Marcus Mariota, I mean, Desmond Ritter and Marcus Mariota are guys we've kind of been going back and forth on in some of our drafts. That's a tricky one because if you get the production in the wrong part of the season, then you could get right to the precipice and then miss. But again, in that case, you still do have a couple of quarterbacks. You would need those quarterbacks to have scored impressive numbers for you there. Maybe that's a little bit less likely with a Baker Mayfield than if you had started QBQB and then you're looking for your third quarterback. So I think a, a variety of things that could play out. We did have Garrett Wilson go in late 10, then Kadarius Tony. The other Chiefs way to get exposure there with Marquez Valdez Scantling. He goes to the Patrick Mahomes drafter, Zach, in the 102. You kind of like that mix there. Uh, Colin, one of the, the interesting things is that even though MVS has been generating a lot of buzz, and even though Packers watchers like yourself will you know, also sing his praises. I mean, someone, if he hadn't suffered some injuries over the last couple of years, probably even gets a much bigger free agent contract than he got. And he got one that was substantial. The opportunity there, if Juju doesn't immediately break out, if Sky doesn't immediately break out, I mean, you could be talking about big, big numbers from Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And yet he's not someone who uh, is generating these big offers in Dynasty. I haven't been able to move him in the leagues where I have him. A couple of players that you mentioned, Chris Olave does go at the 10-11 turn. That's unfortunate. I, I did think that he had a potential to get back to us. And then also Rondell Moore. To put Rondell Moore with Drake London was was kind of my dream scenario. That also no longer in play. Yeah, so they, they were both options we were hoping to get. But we do still have a lot of different options that may be in play when it comes back here to us. Um, Tyler Boyd, somebody who's still you know going in this range. Other players that go in this range are all the way from Rojo, Ronald Jones, Noah Fan, Melvin Garden, uh, Kareem Hunt, Jahan Dodson, that you mentioned earlier. Um, and then we could have our boy Tyler Boyd here as a potential option as well. So you mentioned MVS. I just have a hard time drafting him at his current price. You know, when we look back to what he did with the Packers, a lot of it is you know go routes. Um, you know post routes that are are going deep and that's where the success is you know a couple of slants that maybe he he did break a tackle and, and take it to the house people probably remember one against the minnesota vikings last season i believe that was but he did have injuries but i think it's also um there's some other limitations to the game so if we're looking at who could really break out in this offense i think sky Moore or, or juju are, are my preferred options to target here john we are one pick away tyler lockett goes off the board chase claypool robert woods so some veteran wide receivers going off the board so when we're looking here mariota is an option hunts an option i think i'm passing up on on quarterback here again unless you want to to make that call on me are we looking into tight end two range with no fan are we looking to get another running back they're probably the preferred options for me based on how things played out at this point we look at the other teams that will be drafting in between us. Two of them have three QBs. The team AJ at the 112 only has two. He might be tempted to come back, even though Trey Lance, Tom Brady, you're going to be doing a, a build that doesn't emphasize QB after that once you have that foundation. I was thinking that Mariota was a pretty compelling pick, at least at one of these two selections. Uh, who, who's the player that you would like instead? One of the reasons I think we could let him drop is that we have both Boyd and Landry, for example. We have some other young QBs. You mentioned the tight ends. Uh, 
give us a pick here. Who would you like? We're going to run out of time. We'll take Mariota. So Column does not trust me to hit the the pick at the one second. I did get some feedback that at least one listener uh, did did his favorite part of the last show was when I claimed that we're allowed to pick with one second. So someone thought that that was humorous. Column, you seem like you're still nervous at the one second mark. No, pe- people are loving it because when we're in the live streams with myself and Zachary Kruger, Zach is usually doing it. And even this past week, we had a we brought in a sound effect to let us know when we were on the clock, just to make sure that we did. He he believes that I do what you do, where it's like these are the players that I might be interested in, but who do you want? And there's like two seconds left on the clock, so it is good fun. Um, it is going to be interesting as well that. We did mention that comment earlier in the show that we would be talking about Marcus Mariota and we wouldn't draft him. I probably, again, we talked about this on one of our recent shows, but again, to to differentiate and get different exposures is probably the way to go here. But when we're playing the Atlanta offense, I think that by the time we get to the playoffs in fantasy football and heading towards week 17, I think that this team probably is going to be out of contention. I think that leads them to see what they have with the rookie quarterback in Ritter. But again, that may not happen, um, and they may stick with Mariota. So I would love to see Mariota have that second run, the the Ryan Tannehill run, uh, if you want to call it that, and, and see how he does. But we'll see who Sean plays back to. Some of the names that I did mention previously were those running back names, uh, like Melvin Garden. There is some tight ends, though, in this range, Noah Fant was the other name that I did mention that I, I think I would have pitched for the Fant pick potentially at that last spot where we took Mayfield. Irv Smith went since then, Tyler Boyd. How do you feel here about about Fant potentially in this next round? Or what, what, what are you feeling is the, the right way to play this? I don't want any more quarterbacks. That's the main thing. You, you don't want to go uh, Kenny Pickett with the next selection? No. Well, Colin is, is being a little bit of a spoil sport there at qb forcing us to tight end no i mean I, I like the players here one of the things that i would like to see in drafts over the next couple of weeks is where people sort of settle on Fant now that that potential selection of baker mayfield or the move for baker mayfield with the seattle seahawks is no longer in play now they could still do something like try and uh, get a jimmy garoppolo i think there are a lot of barriers for that actually happening and again i mean the seahawks are now kind of pitching this narrative of tanking and getting ready for 2023 fan is someone who is so good we've talked about this a lot he thrived to an extent, I mean, he was not a difference maker. I think that if he had gone to a team that had good quarterback play, you would potentially see him jump into the big five. To go to a team that is at the exact opposite end of the spectrum is, is pretty disappointing. And yet, if you're talking about dynasty, he's still so young and so dynamic. I think you should be trying to acquire him now for what his value might be in mid-2023 because he's going to give you some production between as well. And then you, know, you could be looking at having the next Travis Kelsey a couple of years from now the issue in 2022 redraft now becomes where do you want to price him if the full season ceiling is probably not where you were hoping the individual week season and this is one of the things that i've, I've mentioned to several drafters and and guests and all of that type of thing is still high i mean he worked out for us in week 17 last year that was one of the reasons why the team kind of vaulted up ahead of the other team that was a 
Burrow Chase team was because of that Fant production in the fourth quarter of week 17 last year. Hunter Henry goes, so Fant is the top tight end by ADP that doesn't necessarily adjust, obviously, for the very most recent move. Other guys we would be looking at here would be basically Gerald Everett. Column, it's, it's tricky because we know that we want this team to have tight end firepower. If you don't start to make the selections here, you're going to end up with weak tight ends. We discussed how in the last draft, even though we waited and played a zero QB approach, it was actually tight end that was the position that we had the most questions about when the draft was actually over. That was the position that we thought could keep us from winning the tournament, even if our QBs were successful. So now that we're here and, and probably aren't going to see these guys come back around, I think that either selecting Fant or Everett, and you could hope that Everett might come back. But but again, I, I think that's sort of a pipe dream. If we don't take one of these two players here, we're going to only have one decent tight end in this league. Yeah, so I, I think I would lean Fant. And the we have some Jets exposure. They play the Seahawks in Week 17 as an option there. Um I'm drafting Fant over every, but I'm drafting both of them in a lot of leagues. But we, I don't think we have an option to get either of them if we don't take one at this point. So I, I think I would, I would draft Fant. So despite his displeasure with the early Brees Hall pick, Column is now predicting. Up, well, I, it sounds to me like you're thinking Brees Hall just slices through the seahawks defense probably gets a couple of of 60 yard touchdown runs he has that low 4-4 speed despite the fact that scouts don't think that he's a big play runner but if he breaks off a couple 60 yard runs goes for 215 and, and four touchdowns and again i mean these are scenarios that we have witnessed playing out throughout the last 15 years we know that running backs can put up those big scores in week 17 once the seahawks are down are trailing because of what Brees hall has done to them in the first half you think they're going to be very very pass heavy it's going to be dk metcalf and noah fant to the rescue as the seahawks try and pull out that week 17 victory to probably more or less knock them out of the top two picks and cost them cj stroud or bryce young uh, there is a potential you know we always say there is you know what whatever timeline we're living on there is a possibility somewhere in the universe that that is going to happen but my pitch was going to be previously to draft Noah Fant and then to draft his quarterback later in the draft which is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo but obviously that that it was still we could go with a four quarterback build but um th that was that was my kind of pitch was going to be but we will have an interesting range here of the draft now um, over the next two or three rounds where there is a lot of players we do like going. Everett could potentially get back to us, but I think he goes as well. Um, how are you feeling, Sean, now with that two-quarterback build with Fant and Hawkinson? Unless, are, like, I'm happy to roll with that in this roster. Um, are you looking to still add firepower to the tight end position outside of something amazing happening like Everett getting back to us? Yeah, I mean, that would be the dream. I don't think that that will happen. We would snap him up if it did. If not, I think you continue to have to look at taking uh, someone like a Trey McBride. If you sort of troll through the Cardinals reporting, you will see people who are excited about that pick, people who are frustrated by that pick, uh, plenty of analysts who maybe don't understand it, but also analysts who think that he could be used 
sort of in a variety of ways because many of the scouting reports believe that he's going to be immediately a better blocker than Zach Ertz. I mean, Zach Ertz is more or less a possession receiver at this point, right? He's your kind of Jarvis Landry. He's going to run a couple yards. He's going to catch, catch the pass. He's going to fall down. Trey McBride, a more dynamic blocker, someone who has a lot more speed. He's going to give you more run after the catch. You're going to have a bit more of a vertical element. I guess even despite the history of rookie tight ends, and one of the things we have to consider is that rookie tight ends are going to gradually start to go the direction of rookie wide receivers. One of the reasons you don't see all of them break out is the same reason that you don't see all rookie wide receivers break out. And there are a lot fewer tight ends who are potentials to break out in any given year. So for the ones who don't hit, then you have this dynamic, of, oh, you know, rookie tight ends are not going to give you production. But both McBride and Greg Dulcich really have that potential this season if their offense works the right way. In both cases, the, the biggest thing working against them is probably not readiness, but simply that the offenses have too many other targets, too many other mouths to feed. But the upside is there, I think, especially with DeAndre Hopkins being out for those first six weeks. One of the things that we're always trying to do is figure out the least expensive way to play the scenarios that could work from a team perspective, the scenarios that could play out from a positional perspective, and the scenarios that could play out from an injury or a suspension perspective. So if you have a, a dynamic here where the cost for a player like Marquise Brown has been elevated because DeAndre Hopkins isn't there, you have that second year breakout enthusiasm for Rondell Moore, even though there were a lot of red flags about what he did in 2021. The inexpensive way to play it is through Trey McBride. It may be the least likely one to pay out, but you're getting a good price on it relative to those other scenarios. So you still have to have at least some exposure. We've done that in some other drafts. We don't have to do it in this one, but it is something we can look at if the draft dictates it much later on. So Sean, since that last pick, we have had Damon Harris go off the board. We've had Carter L. Patterson, Kenny Galladay, Ronald Jones, Melvin Garden, Tim Patrick, Alexander Madison. Everett does go off the board. Team one building an interesting lineup, but that is Everett as the first tight end there. Then Naheem Hines, Jacoby Myers, DJ Chark, Jameson Williams. And then we have Rashad White going off the board. So Jones and White would have been two options that we would be interested in, but there is a couple of running backs coming up here that are of interest. When you're drafting those Lions wide receivers, I would assume I could be wrong. I would even with the injury concerns, Williams for me would be would be going ahead of DJ Chark, who do go back to back here picks in the thirteen oh three and the thirteen oh four. It's tough because I think you're going to get Williams' production in that part of the season when you need it the most, but it does knock down a roster spot. Now, when you're talking about round thirteen, round fourteen, where his ADP is, then the cost isn't so extreme that it will necessarily eliminate that pick from consideration. DJ Chark's ADP is at the 16.02. He's really an enigma at this point, to where I think that drafters who are loading up on him could end up winning every league they play, specifically because he bounces back and has the type of season he had in year two, but he could end up being sort of a burned roster spot. We like him, we like his talent. It's tricky there in Detroit, because even if he is good, there will be some target competition as the season progresses, Williams, I think, has the potential to be the number one and even the clear number one in this class by the time everything is said and done. We'll probably see that manifest more in mid-2023. So, Colin, we're up. We have a minute here to work with. Interesting rookies in Christian Watson and Jahan Dotson are still available, so you have your Packers guy, Jarvis Landry, to play 
the week 17 game that you've been discussing his adp is an early 14 which means based on this draft he's this is right where we would need to take him worth the 1309 where are you looking to go um i don't usually go with the the home homer pick but i think we should go with christian watson here we do also have the uh, Jamar, uh justin jefferson stack as well for that week 17 game packers and vikings face off week 17 so i think we can go that way and based on adp i'm hoping that that landry might play back to us if landry doesn't get back we still have a lot of other options then i'd i'd probably pivot then to, to run him back with you know speller and gainwell as two potential options we haven't talked a lot about watson i tend to not draft a huge amount of packers even though the team sean that brought a success last year was the Devonte adams and Aaron rogers stack uh based on how the news was going early last off season um with Aaron Rodgers potentially not returning it turns out then that this season the difference is that Devontae Adams is not on the Packers but Watson I think if you're looking you know in a best ball league in a situation where you know the season's progressing as a rookie very very raw but I think the upside there could be massive for for fantasy and particularly a best ball format where you're not having to rely on picking that week to week and then he does fit in there as our wide receiver six in this roster exactly and i had mentioned earlier that justin jefferson was a little bit trickier to play because of the week 17 dynamic and that's in part because the packers are a tricky team to play in 2022 however when you get watson at this price and you get him in best ball and you get him in a tournament so this just incredibly wide range of outcomes that he brings to the table i think that it's maybe more compelling here it's also interesting in dynasty where you can have some patience i think in dynasty you're going to be able to select him and then flip him a year from now even if he's not fantastic because despite his advanced age i think most fantasy managers are really looking to 2023 for him to break out he has this monster ceiling with the athleticism that's matched by very few wide receivers in the nfl if the Packers are actually chasing the Vikings in week 17. And I, one of the things that Ben and I discussed on our stealing bananas show that focused on projected win totals and the betting markets on the teams this season is that maybe there was a little bit too much enthusiasm around the Packers. The NFC North could be sneaky good with the Vikings and the lions. And even with the Chicago bears, if Justin Fields can do more than people are expecting, despite his limited weapons, it's probably not the case because the Packers probably will still be able to control games when you have the best quarterback and the best quarterback by such a wide margin. You know, that gives you the edge, even if the weapons are a little bit weaker. But this could be a work in, pro- in progress. Colin, maybe by week 17, the Packers actually do have it figured out. And that's also a scenario where it's just kind of fun to think of a Packers Vikings shootout. Yeah. And we talked quite a bit, and it was kind of you that really put it into my mind of like targeting those stacks that people aren't targeting so you can be unique very very easily you've talked quite a bit about the lions and the bears we are seeing the team in the third spot kind of move into that lions bears kind of territory but the thing about the packers and particularly getting watson at that price you mentioned possibly figuring things out as the season goes on i think that they're going to have the best defense in the nfl as well so i think that does affect the overall potential for fantasy scoring off them throughout the season but in a one-off divisional round matchup against the the vikings we've seen those games shoot out a number of different times but when you take jefferson at that point and you get a chance to take watson at this current price 
But there is a lot of, you know, interesting flyers you can take late. Some of the stacks that isn't possible for the Week 17 games. You know, we're, we're not Sammy Watkins guys, but Aaron Rodgers has been talking him up a little bit. Then you have, like, you know, Dobbs is there as well. You know, um, so it's interesting that there's possible, like, you know, very, very late round flyers that you could patch into that to, to have some upside potentially so i'm very happy with that what i'm hoping now is that we would with one pick remaining get landry i think that would be nice as well to pair up with the the eagle saint stack based on the fact we have hertz and Devonte smith and landry goes off the board with one pick to go gryffindor has broken our heart sean with that one pick so when we look to pivot here at the other options for me i think isaiah speller would probably be my pick we have speller Gainwell could fit into that Philadelphia stack as well if we wanted to go that way there. My two top options here at the running back position. And even though we lose Landry, it really is running back that we need to start hammering. So from that perspective, I think we're okay. It might even be a little bit of a gift. Do you have a preference here, Colin? I mean, Isaiah Spiller, now that we're into round 14, he's been a guy who's jumping in recent drafts yeah i've been drafting spiller quite a bit so I, i'm going with both of these guys whoever's available both of them are available here um interest my question was going to be then we, we take spiller for people listening in spiller has the potential if anything happens to eckler to just go go crazy we talked earlier in the draft when we took Jalen Hurts I said about the possibility of him having a huge season without his pass catchers having a huge season what would you think in a situation like that of Gainwell has that pass catching profile but when you're taking a running back and a running quarterback do you think there's limitations there and in, in drafting them on the same roster or because it's best ball is it something that that really we could we could still have done there that was kind of the split for me was that to to get a different game and to get a a Chargers um, piece because i do think that offense is going to score uh, this is not breaking news to anyone <laughs> that offense is going to score a lot of points right and one of the things that we find when we play with the stack explorers in the different best ball tools we have the best ball win rate explorer we have the underdog uh, explorer and you can look at the different stacks you can play with different things is that putting the running back two much more than the running back one onto some of these teams where you have either the wide receiver one the wide receiver two uh, perhaps the quarterback in play that has been a successful way to approach uh, kind of crafting these teams and in multiple formats over multiple years so i do like that element but i think that in, in some ways we're almost a little early for it still i think we have to go for the best player and I do think that in that particular instance, you probably like it better with a non-scrambling quarterback to do what we want from Jalen Hurts in you know week 16, in week 17. He's going to have to run. The running does tend to cause some problems for the running backs. You know, if he scrambles for touchdowns, then you lose those goal line opportunities. If he's scrambling instead of dumping it off, you lose that opportunity. Gainwell is someone who has had such great peripherals as a rookie and was sort of an undervalued prospect coming in. You look at him in college, he was a much better player than Antonio Gibson on the same team. Now, again, they weren't necessarily even playing exactly the same position. So uh, there are some caveats there. But you look at where he 
probably is from a talent perspective and you look at how many points you think this team is going to score he's someone i've been drafting everywhere i don't know that i like him as much on this team because you look at how week 17 could play out i think you'd more prefer to have Gainwell on the teams that you don't have some of these eagles because it's a, a more specific type of scenario you need for him to really get that big score to carry through i'm fine with missing him there and it's also a situation where i do think that spiller even though there are questions about his talent people obviously not that enthusiastic about how he tested athletically texas a&m has created some uh, impressive numbers for other running backs who have not been big nfl contributors but yet to have the backup to eckler someone who has gotten hurt some someone who's just come out himself and said i don't want to touch the ball nearly as often i want to be a bigger weapon when i do touch the ball and, and that's what, <laughs> uh, really saying something because he's been a massive weapon when he's touched the ball the last you know several years and, and basically his entire career isaiah spiller to be a young star in college and now to be a young back in the nfl blair andrews has had plenty of different articles looking at that from a lot of angles it projects very very well the upside in a chargers offense is it's just so extreme it's similar to what we talked about last season with devin singletary if he ever does finally hit he could hit in a big way he did hit in a big way it became a league winning and a tournament winning play from the managers who drafted him in a lot of ways the spiller thesis is easier to make because you don't have to go through this question of you know will the team actually use the running back if austin eckler is out austin, uh, isaiah spiller is going to have to be bad to not get the vast majority of the work the other running backs there have already demonstrated that they're not nfl caliber players that doesn't mean that they can't be quality deep backups but they're not the players you want to touch the ball. Yeah, no, I think that's all very well said. Sean, I said I didn't want any more quarterbacks. There's a potential that there could be one more quarterback of interest coming up here and a couple of picks if you want to pair him with his tight end, and that's Jimmy Garoppolo. Have we any interest in the Jimmy Garoppolo to the Seattle Seahawks happening? Um, or are we looking at the other players here that would be Peaking the interest, I think, is uh, Terry and Davis Price, Marlon Max going in this kind of zone here. But it feels like there's a couple of options here for this pick going in this direction. And then in the next round and the round after, we get into a lot of interest in wide receiver options. I think, like, you know, we have Mayfield. I think Robbie Anderson could be somebody who could pair with him potentially in a round or so's time. But we are one pick away. Who is your preferred option here? If we want to go four quarterbacks, Ritter is gone. I'm not against Jimmy G here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think that he becomes a more interesting pick in round 20. We still have a lot of other options. You think he's getting to round 20? I do. I do. And because he's not going to start for anybody this year. (laughs) So we have this dynamic where Tyrion Davis price is still available He's in a pretty similar situation to Isaiah Spiller. The team made the commitment by drafting him much earlier than was expected in the NFL draft. The reports from San Francisco beat writers have been that he is pretty clearly in the driver's seat for the number two role. Running backs in San Francisco who have been in that number two role have scored a lot of points over the last five years. Yeah, well, he's the he was the second option, Sean, but... Uh... I'm just going to say this. I will draft him, but Jimmy G's not making it to the 20th round. But uh, yeah, TDP is uh, somebody as well. Like th- these rookie running backs, when we get into this range, a lot of the rosters that we're, that I'm building anyway are going to be looking to add running back firepower here who can go from you know potentially having a, a role at the start of the year to having a major role as the season does progress. So the thing with the 49ers as well is you touched on you don't have to be the starting running back um to, to get points in this offense they're going to run the ball a lot again and um hopefully not debo samuel all the time so maybe tdp gets those debo samuel rushing touch, <laughs> rushing touchdowns this year but um we'll see how it plays out sean i touched on some of the potential interest and options at wide receiver it, the, by adp it may still even be ahead of where we're looking here at this point but when we look through the list of options available some of the wide receivers that i've added to the queue one of them that did interest me was robbie anderson and that's because the fact that we have baker mayfield we could potentially get that pairing together kj hamler is one of the other ones and two of the veterans that we continue now this will be a little bit later i think as well but julio jones and will fuller continue to be interesting options where we've basically talked about the baker mayfield effect you sign off the roster you or you trade you you jump a good few rounds i think we'll see the same with with father julio if they sign with teams reports potentially linking julio with a number of exciting options the packers been one the ravens been one i think that would would boost his adp quite a bit who are some of your favorite wide receiver options here or is there a, a different position that we're going to draft before we get to jimmy garoppolo in the 20th round well, we're we're still only at four running backs. We need some more running back assistance. And any of these picks in this range, we could look at tight end. We could look at Trey McBride. I think that those are probably the priority picks before we move back to wide receiver. I do think that Robbie Anderson there, uh, very late with Baker Mayfield, is at least vaguely interesting. It's tricky here because one of the things that you do end up with is that more than in in some other seasons right now with Julio and Will Fuller not signed, you've got some very late picks who are probably going to rise. 
you have KJ Hamler, who is always sitting out there. That is an interesting selection. Jerick McKinnon, Chris Evans, Marlon Mack, some backs you probably would prefer to take more at the very end. And that makes this pick a little bit controversial because it's not clear cut where you want to go. That being said, once you're into the 16th round, really anything can happen. You don't want to pass up on a selection because you're trying to get them in round 20 as opposed to round 16. So we are now one pick away. The picks that have gone since our last pick, David Bell, Corey Davis, Cameron Britt, Van Jefferson, Jalen Tolbert. Um, so we have one pick to go, Sean. It is an interesting spot here. Now, if we're looking at a potential option, Martin Mack is there. One of your favorites, but it's a little bit later. Well, possibly, actually, won't get back to us, is, is Chris Evans of the, the Cincinnati Bengals. You mentioned running back. You mentioned Trey McBride as well as a possible option. Logan Thomas is there. Where do you want to go here? I think that Evans and McBride are both picks that we have to look at because Evans has gotten to be pretty trendy. I think he fits nicely with T Higgins. Also, he just has absolutely massive upside. If Joe Mixon were to get hurt and you're talking about winning tournaments, that's what you have to go for. McBride also, the listeners know he's someone we draft a lot. If there's someone else out there who feels like he would be a big part of their team, he might not wrap back around to us. Yeah, well, McBride would be out of those two the pick that I would I would lean towards if we if we want to get that third tight end. So we do take Trey McBride. The one part with McBride and that selection is, I think Mc I think Fant is undervalued by around to around and a half at this particular point. But the fact is still that he is playing for the Seattle Seahawks, and there may not be a huge amount of red zone opportunities this season for them. So. I think Trey McBride is a little bit of a safety net there, but massive, massive upside with him as well, coming in as a rookie. And you mentioned Ertz and you know what he's going to do, you know, after the catch, for example, and, and how he will fit into this offense and more of a potential like you know Jarvis Landry, Jamison Crowder style role, which can still be extremely, extremely valuable. But Ertz did go in this draft in the mid seventh round, then Trey McBride's going in the the early sixteenth round as we've taken him there. You know, you're in a spot then where the team in seventh spot has taken Rob Gronkowski, who we've talked about, you know, potentially drafting him to be back for a stretch run for the Buccaneers if he comes out of retirement. I think both of those, I think, you know, McBride is probably the, the way to play that um, over, over Gronkowski there. Sean, when we are lucky now, we have four picks remaining. So far, we have three tight ends. We have three quarterbacks. We're waiting on Jimmy Garoppolo in the 20th round. At this particular point, we have four running backs. So just run through the team. We have Jalen Hurts, Baker Mayfield, Marcus Mariota, Derek Henry, Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, Terion Davis-Price. Then at wide receiver, we have Christian Watson, Drake London, Sky Moore. So lots of young talent mixed with T. Higgins. We have Devontae Smith in the second season, another third-year receiver in Justin Jefferson. Then we have tight ends of Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, and Trey McBride. Based on overall roster construction with four rounds left remaining, you mentioned already we do need some more running back help. Are we looking to put this into a five running back build or a six running back build? And I do think the, tri the trying part here is going to be, I do think when we're into this next round is where some of those interesting wide receiver options probably will, will fit into this roster for us. It will. We have four picks left, and those picks will likely be a couple of running backs and a couple of wide receivers going beyond Trey McBride at the tight end position probably will not make sense. 
And we do have some very late running backs who are pretty interesting. We've been drafting Sony Michelle quite a bit. He showed what he can do at the end of last season. The dynamic for him again this year is fantastic. The Miami Dolphins are a potentially emerging offense who will use a variety of players at running back, but any sort of health hiccups from the guys either in front of him or just in the committee with him. And Michelle would once again be that late season hammer. You have someone in Zamir White, who some of the beat writers from the Raiders have suggested could be the guy sooner rather than later. I haven't made that pick very often, but I do think that it's interesting at the end of drafts, the problem that you're probably going to have with the Raiders is that both the early down touches are going to be split and the receiving touches are going to be split when you're talking about a potential uh, four-way split of the high value touches then i mean almost all the backs are undraftable even josh jacobs at prices that would have just looked crazy a year ago definitely would have looked insane 24 months ago now it still might be too much but if you're talking about the 20th round it's kind of interesting and then our guy you know benjamin benjamin has started to generate enthusiasm from drafters based on reports out of camp that he looks like someone who i wouldn't say can challenge james connor but he appears to be the guy and we felt that he could be the guy based on talent it's a situation there where if it's benjamin or if it's darrell williams the player who emerges and or is the last man standing that arizona cardinals offense even when they have some things work against them the potential for single game eruptions and three or four week eruptions very very high you have to have exposure to that backfield the cardinals made it a little bit tricky when they drafted a player and made the move to sign williams and yet that doesn't mean that the league winner still couldn't come out of uh, the backups for the arizona cardinals yeah no and it feels very much at this point of drafts that it would be worth that upside shot sean since i last updated brevin jordan was off the board paris campbell nico collins big big tears running down my face as jimmy garoppolo does go off the board in the 16th round late 16th albeit then we have uh, gus edwards jamal williams jd mckissick and kj hamler so talked about some interesting wide receiver and running back options sean hamler would have been one of those it feels like at, at this point though you know the ideal situation we talked about chris evans potentially at that last pick he could potentially come back to us here um robbie anderson would be an option that we mentioned don't know how you feel about it myself and zachary Kruger. one of zach's favorite running backs to draft this year is brian robinson he is in this range um if we if we get back and we have the option sean for chris uh, evans do you want to prioritize him over over anderson at this point yeah i think that anderson remains a 19th off the board as well so that's okay we don't have to worry about prioritizing any longer so the Robbie Anderson dream is dead. Sean's gonna, very happy with that. I'm going to go ahead and click the X on Sammy Watkins to make sure that he doesn't somehow get drafted by us. <laughs> Sean says, sure. you got Christian Watson. Do not push your luck on this on this draft. Uh, we're hoping to play it. We might get dudes in the last round. A genuine 20th round pick. You know, somebody who may go in the 20th round. But we are, Sean, uh, one pick away here. I, I'm hoping that I think I think if we get Evans here, it's always nice when you talk about somebody 
in that previous round and they make it back to you. That hasn't really happened to us truly in this draft yet. So we have been sniped a couple of times with a pick remaining. Um, so we'll hold our breath here as we wait for the pick. As Ryan drafts the 1708, the other note here, almost all of the wide receivers did go in that last stretch. So between our move for McBride in the 1604 and coming back around, we lost Paris Campbell, a player we hadn't discussed but would have gone onto the board late. Hamler, Anderson, Fuller, Marvin Jones is selected. With Hamler, Anderson, and Fuller all going, and you made the, the note about Julio Jones, I think that we would have had to pick him. He's the only wide receiver really left at that point. And then we end up with a, a team that's maybe a little bit light at wide receiver now. We'll add LaVisca Chenault on there. That's that's a, a way to feel good about that. But we are looking at a lot of running backs here. Jared McKinnon, another name I think that has to be sort of to the forefront. He was easily the most dynamic back who played for the Kansas City Chiefs last season. They do make the move to sign him, although uh, there's a possibility that he has zero role again this season <laughs> during the regular season. Call it Chris Evans, your guy. Yeah, I think we go Evans. I think there's a chance. I, I could be wrong, but I think there's a chance uh, McKinnon gets back to us. That, that's I, I always really do enjoy when there's a decision to draft a player. You pass up on one of those guys and um, then the, he, he does get back. That was the hope, but it's not always the reality of that happening. Um, so we'll, we'll see. If McKinnon gets back, Sean, in six picks time, are we going back to the running back well based on what we've discussed there? It, it did... It did for unfortunately for us get quite dry at the the wide receiver position. The other wide receiver that would be there that is one of your guys is Kendrick Bourne. And just when I see Kendrick Bourne's name there, the other player that's there is uh, John O. Smith. And I really enjoyed on a recent Stealing Bananas where Ben mentioned reports of uh, John O. Smith, and then you said that you believe that those reports actually came from you. So I, I really enjoyed that. So any further reports on John O. Smith? Yes, I, I am being told that uh, he's going to be an H-back, which, you know, we yeah. heard that, that David Johnson was going to be an H-back, and then it was scorched earth. So maybe that's a good sign. Uh, no, I Johnny Smith, uh, a tricky one. Kendrick Bourne I like, but I like more as someone who is actually a fantastic wide receiver three in reality, probably not someone that you can play in fantasy football i mean i say that and he's the the big play guy there when you look at what they have with nelson aguilar and jacoby myers those guys are not the players who make those types of moves but now they have Devonte parker they have taekwon thornton i mean thornton a, a player who was drafted ahead of, of george pickens and sky Moore. so you have to look at him if you believe in mac jones and say there's best ball possibility there i think that thornton is a 20th round potential pick in this draft i've been adding him in dynasty as well you mentioned brian robinson column and did you want to make any kind of pitch for him obviously you've been spending time with zach you know what he thinks there it's a tricky situation and that's sort of raiders part two where the high value touches look to be very split and split on a team that probably won't be the, down by the goal line nearly as often as the Raiders. I, I mean, the Raiders now look set with Derek Carr emerging and a lot of talent around him. 
I mentioned that Jahan Dotson has been generating big time plaudits, but I mean, this is still a team that is very much a work in progress. And one of the things that they have mentioned about Brian Robinson is that he could end up being the goal line back. And yet we think back a couple of years ago to the reason that Antonio Gibson was such a trendy player in fantasy is that he had punched in all those short yardage carries as a rookie. So that is the reports. And that's kind of when, when I'm drafting with Zach, Zach's a, a Washington commanders uh, fan from the Washington area. So he gets, he gets dibs, you know, sometimes I'm picking my guys, but I do think that there has been a lot of reports around the goal line element of it. The one problem that I have with Washington is I don't know how often they're going to be down around the goal line to be able to make that work. But when we're into this late area, there's a lot worse options. But when I'm looking at some of the other options in this particular range that I would be interested in, you mentioned McKinnon, you know, we're looking at may not have a big workload, but may have more high value touches than somebody like Brian Robinson could have. The other one there that you touched on is Eno Benjamin, who again, high powered offense. That's my concern with, with the Brian Robinson pick. I do think that there's going to be a lot to split. The other part is uh, J.D. McKissick is back there, almost went to the Bills for a couple of hours and is, is back with Washington. So there's a lot of ways that he could get squeezed out. And if we're relying on just the goal line work, that could cause a little bit of trouble for us. Do you think that's going to be the main issue there is the the actual work to go around in that offense and how valuable it actually ends up being? Because I think that Washington's probably going to be one of the bottom five teams in the NFL this year. The other issue, I think, is talent, and people are very split on Brian Robinson, some analysts actually liking him quite a bit. But one of the issues there, and saying that he actually is better than someone like Nashi Harris, the flip side of that is that he didn't have any success at really breaking into the Alabama running back pecking order when the other stars were there. And those guys have been good, but not great at the NFL level. So if you're behind them, again, you're kind of a backup running back in all likelihood. That doesn't mean that it's impossible for him to merge. But when you have both situational and talent questions, I think you probably have to go in a different direction until you're very, very late. I think that McKinnon or Benjamin are probably the moves here, unless you're thinking this is a good time to take a, a flyer on Samir White. No, I think uh, we'll go with McKinnon at this particular point. The only thing that I would say with Benjamin is based on week 17, we have Atlanta at um, Atlanta at Arizona, but I, I think the better play is to go with McKinnon there. Sean can take a deep sigh of relief. Sammy Watkins has gone off the board in that next pick, so relief there for, for Sean. LaVisca Chenault, who you mentioned earlier, did go off the board one pick prior to that. So when we look at the targets that we have there there's limited options in these late rounds sean um the two that i think i would be trying to get you mentioned take on thornton i mentioned romeo dubs or, or dubs and i believe it's dubs we're still it, it does from each report i hear it kind of varies from time to time um but is there any other late round options here that you're very very interested or hoping that they might be be able to get back to us my hopeful scenario is that we get both of those guys um but well hassan haskins is a running back who similar to some of these guys we've talked about and yet a less conject congested backfield 
And based on his performance last year for Michigan, where he really carries this team farther than they've been in a while, I think that you've got to be in many ways more enthusiastic about his talent level, or at least putting him in the same basic tier as some of these bigger names to why, to where I'm not sure that, you know, we wouldn't want to consider him now that the situation on this team is that we have Derrick Henry. And so it really only be in the 20th round. You're not looking necessarily to handcuff, but if you do handcuff it, you need to be a very inexpensive handcuff. And again, you go through and you can look in the stack explorer and see that while there are some disadvantages to handcuffing that the number one and number two backs together has historically been a fine approach to take i think the prices and your overall team construction are going to dictate kind of how you want to do that again there's a big difference between a 20th round pick and say drafting dalvin cook and then trying to take alexander madison uh, in part because i'm not convinced madison is necessarily even going to be the backup but there are fairly significant differences there Dernis Johnson, someone that we would have to look at if he or Kareem Hunt were involved in a trade. The well, basically both of them become very intriguing pieces at that juncture. Colum, you you've been talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, but I did add Geno Smith and Malik Willis into the queue, thinking in terms of round twenty and Willis has been portrayed as a pure red shirt this season and yet i just think we're way too early in the off season to feel any kind of confidence in that type of report if the light bulb goes on things could change in a real hurry we joked earlier about gino being the backup because the seahawks are tanking but one of those two guys in all likelihood will be the starter for the seahawks that would be a way to get a little bit more qb firepower if you're not confident in the players that we already have i think it is romeo doves here you're mentioning the, the pronunciation elements there i guess i'm not looking to have more packers exposure once we have christian watson i think you got to sort of split those guys up whether it's watson watkins dubs tycho and thornton would probably be my guy at wide receiver if we make another selection at that position because we waited on the second qb and because we did go wide receiver heavy after those first two running back picks of henry and hall we can probably afford to be a little bit lighter on total numbers of wide receiver i don't know that we have to force it here if we don't think the value is there i don't think we have to force it the other one sean that's there as a wide receiver did get traded this offseason is brian edwards who you could pair into that atlanta side of things as well any hope for Brian Edwards and his young career to, to spring forward here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's still hope. These guys are going to continue competing. But I, I would probably prefer to take some kind of wild shot at Terrace Marshall and get that Panthers flavor in there. I've been told that Brian Edwards is beloved by the Falcons and that they're going to you know try and force him some touches I, from what we have seen with a, a likely decline in quarterback play it's difficult to figure out how he would be involved in what you know should be a middle of the road offense and has two likely superstars in front of him well that sounds like a no on the the, <laughs> the option to to draft brian edwards at this pick 
you mentioned uh, a 20th round pick for Thornton. I would be happy to to take Thornton here and just see how it plays out then first in the, the 20th round because based on how we've gone at wide receiver, I don't think we want to miss out on him. And then you did mention uh, Geno Smith, you know, Malik Willis's potential options. Let's see how it, how it goes over these next couple of picks. But based on the well, Malik Willis went in that next pick on us, um, it would be nice to have one more quarterback on this roster. But I think at the moment with the, you know, we have Justin Jefferson, we have T Higgins, Devontae Smith, Drake London, Sky Moore, Christian Watson, and, and Tyreek, or Taekwon Thornton. But we're, we're hoping those rookies hit, but we're very heavily invested in the rookies. So, we, you know, I think another wide receiver probably for the depth helps us out a little bit more. So we have two, four, six, we have seven wide receivers. Are you happy with the seven that we have to not take a flyer here in this last pick? I am. I don't know that there's anybody who really helps. Again, we could take Marshall now that they have a legitimate quarterback in position it becomes much more interesting. And then the connection there with Mayfield, we've heard some just very slight murmurings that Marshall might be turning a little bit of a corner outside of him. I don't know that there is a player that moves the needle much at all. You could obviously go with AJ green and try and benefit from the early season. You could go with James Washington and try and benefit from the early season with Gallup being out and the opportunity to show that he's more than what he was with Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh. He was buried behind some guys who were quite good starters. You know, that would be an option there, but yeah, we're, we're into this sort of odd space column where after Zamir white went, I don't know that there is a running back either that we would feel like we have to have Pierre strong. I think the uh, really deep, option who appeals to me but you know it's going to take a real long shot for him to come into value mark ingram someone who is playable in a situation where abram smith is probably the other running back in the mix to fill in for alvin Kamara if Kamara has a six game suspension or a four game suspension that he serves to start or sometime in the middle of the season we don't know an exact timeline or, or numbers on that yet ingram at his current talent level and in the context of an offense that likely won't be high scoring especially when alvin Kamara is out that is maybe a safer type of pick than we usually make perhaps not that appealing you know so we're kind of in this uh, dynamic here where you know we, we could go with dubs we could go with edwards we could go with marshall we could go with the handcuff you know, we don't like to make that kind of compromise pick unless we're really pushed into it. Drew Locke, Geno Smith, both still available. Yeah, it feels like that might be the the way to go. So we're between uh, Terrence Marshall. We could have been between Brian Edwards, but that's not happening today. Uh, or Romeo Dubes, but I think our dubs. But we're going to, I, I think, Sean, I think we've talked about it. We've had a little bit of fun with it, but I think we could put our bet on Geno Smith here because there is that risk with Marcus Mariota um, that he may lose the role either early in the season, before the season, or throughout the season. I think having Geno there may give us just a little bit of insurance at the quarterback position. So for me, it's between him and Terrence Marshall. And I, with Robbie Anderson there and with uh, you know with the Christian McCaffrey and then obviously you add in DJ Moore as well, 
I don't know what we're going to get from Marshall, who really didn't show us anything last year. And Geno Smith, well, it feels silly to be taking him in the last round in a lot of these drafts. The player who does start for the Seattle Seahawks is going to have DK Metcalf, is going to have Tyler Lockett. I think it makes a big difference that they're going to have Noah Fant that adds a third elite talent when in the past not having the depth has allowed defenses to play a variety of, I wouldn't say gimmick coverages, but to go out and take away these two stars when you don't have the threat to the other players in many of the seasons you didn't have a healthy running back who was dynamic enough to make the defense really care about what you did there the seahawks want to emphasize the run but when they didn't have rashad penny available and you're talking about last season you know chris carson he gets injured you have alex collins and true backups in there so again not players who are going to dictate any type of defensive response this year you have Rashad Penny maybe emerging as one of the best backs in the NFL and then Ken Walker the second best draft running back in this draft class the firepower surrounding the QB is going to be better than people think and even though the quarterback is likely to be a laughing stock Gino played okay last season when he was in there you know the team has tried to craft this narrative that they're pointing to 2023 but you get in there with the players and the coaches and the competitiveness i mean this is a team that's going to fight and so uh if, if you have the starting quarterback there in round 20 i think you have to take that because on an individual game basis you never know when it could come into play the other players we were looking at and maybe a different order would have worked better maybe if we had saved tyquan thornton for the last pick maybe we could have gone with the greg dulcich and saved a player for a later pick but the order that we did decide to go in here did work out for a QB in round 20. And I think that even though Drew Locke may be the guy, I like having that fourth QB. Yeah, I think it, uh, it just a, a feel a little bit better with the, the Mariota element to it. We're, we're going for those reclamation projects, Sean, a quarterback. We have Baker Mayfield, Marcus Mariota, and Geno Smith. You said that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to go in the 20th round. What you meant to say was Geno Smith was going to go in the 20th round. Baker or Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't going to get traded, so Geno Smith would still be the right quarterback to pair with Noah Fant. So we got there in the end. We're, so we've gone from me thinking about rooting for Jimmy Garoppolo to go to the Seahawks to now actively not wanting that to happen so Geno Smith can be the starter all season long for Seattle. But, Sean, we finish up with our full roster. We'll give it a little bit of a... A rundown here so we have geno smith marcus mariota jalen hurts baker mayfield derrick henry Jarrett mckinnon chris evans Brees hall isaiah spiller terry on davis price christian watson drake london sky moore taekwon thornton t higgins justin jefferson Devonte smith trey mcbride noah fant and tj hawkinson this team like the majority of our team sean really and truly built on youth built on all players nearly in their first three seasons in the NFL in one way or the other, and a lot of those guys in their first season as rookies. So interesting roster overall. We will come back. We will do a recap. That will be coming out very, very shortly. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, that will come out on Wednesday as we run through it. But, Sean, super fun draft against the road of his overtime listeners. Hopefully everyone has enjoyed listening in to it. As always, if you're playing over at the FFPC, they do have this league, which is the $35 Superflex Tournament. They also have the $125 Best Ball Tournament, which myself and Sean, along with Blair Andrews, came in second place last year. First place was taken by fellow Rotoviz writer Conor O'Driscoll. So 
hopefully we're going to go and have some success in these again this year sean if you're signing up for a rotaviz subscription over at rotaviz.com all you have to do is add the code rbradio2022 and that will save you 10% off that subscription gives you access to all of the content all of the tools up on rotaviz.com highly recommend doing that the perfect time to do it my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland you can check out all of sean's work up on rotaviz.com and until we're back with another show have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.